0: Every week, it's my goal to share a story of someone's journey through their life and their financial vineyard. We take you from their roots to the journey of their vines and the influences in the air that has helped craft their delicious lives. Like wine, life and finances have different pallets that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine. I'm thrilled to have Jody Flynn as our guest today. Jody is the author of the book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing. She runs a podcast called Women Taking the Lead, and she's a coach and her company is called Women Taking the Lead. I think you're gonna just enjoy the conversation that the two of us have around insecurities, around self-doubt, around ways that we can kind of get together and talk about those items and overcome those items. She works with a lot of women like me who are type A, high, strong, that have gotten so wrapped up in what they're doing and accomplishing that They don't know who they are anymore. We hope you enjoyed this edition of another strong woman for women's history month, where we just explore what it's like to be a woman and the privileges that we now have and to thank those that have come before us. And we get to stand on their shoulders. Sit on back, sip your favorite glass of wine and enjoy this show with Jody Flynn. Well, Jodi, welcome to the show. For the listeners this week, we are talking to another wonderful, empowering, gorgeous woman. Uh, Jody Flynn is uh, somebody that's near and dear to my heart. About a year ago, uh, she hooked me with a podcast that she has around women taking the lead. And I reached out to her and started working with her as a coach, and I'm thrilled to have her on the show today. I am also thrilled
1: to be here, Amy. <laughs> Completely honored. I have been listening to your podcast as well. And I'm really excited that I'm going to be among the amazing women and men that you've brought on who've shared their stories and their wisdom, because I get a lot out of every episode. We've talked about it where I'll share it. Wow. That was really powerful what that person shared. So it's really, for me as an experience, it's really cool for me to be here too. It's always odd when you're the when you're a podcaster
0: and you're on the other side of the
1: recording too. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And let's just say it as two women who like to be in control, (laughs) it's one thing to be the interviewer. That was stressful when we both first got started until we really got a hang of it and then it was comfortable. But every now and again, we find ourselves on the other side of the microphone, and it's a much different experience. <laughs> it is. It's fun, though. Yes.
0: So I always like to ask, and you and I have talked about this sort of in our in our own time, too, but I always like to start the show, since we're going to talk about the journey of, of the vineyard, um, in quotes, I say, uh, do you have a particular wine that you'd like to share?
1: There's Not a particular favorite, but I will say, and I think a lot of people go with this feeling too, just because it's true, that especially right now, like we're recording on, you know, I'm in Maine and it is just a rainy gray day in March and nothing would make me happier than a dry red wine. I (laughs) know. That would hit the spot, would cheer me up. But in a few short months, we're going to be in the middle of like sunny, hot, humid weather. And what I love then is a chilled vino verde.
0: Hmm. Do you have a particular brand?
1: Um, A friend of mine got me into Casal Garcia and it's in our, you know, it's in the grocery store. I can pick it up along with some crackers Mm. and cheese and some fruit and I'm on the go. Easy is good, too. Easy is good, yes. And the thing about the vino verde, it doesn't have a a large alcohol content, so it has a very, I would say, unsophisticated nickname of a porch pounder (laughs) because you can sip it throughout the afternoon and you're likely not going to get drunk from it. (laughs)
0: Love it even more.
1: (laughs) You can enjoy the taste without feeling like you're doing anything bad.
0: <laughs> it's a way to get your fruits and vegetables.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Okay. So now that people are like, okay, where's this going to go? You're like, oh
1: my goodness, these women.
0: <laughs> well, I mentioned that um, Jody has a podcast called 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 women taking the lead, but she also has a coaching business called women taking the lead. And I have found it when I would say that I was kind of a little bit of a hot mess when I first started working with Jody in the sense that I I had a lot of ideas and a lot of, um, stress that I was putting on myself that I, I needed to figure out how to compartmentalize it just a little bit. And Jody's assessments and coaching techniques really do help you kind of break some of those things out. So I would love, you know, for, for you to be able, and that's one of the reasons why I thought for this month, for women's history month, it would be so wonderful to have you on this podcast, because when I think about empowerment of women and in the suffrage that Women have gone through through the years and how far we've come and the number of women business owners that are just, that's like grown like 50% in the last 10 years, it's its really, we've also with that is we've also um, taken on a lot of stress, right? And, and so, especially us type A personalities, but also some type Bs, I'm not saying they don't have stress, they have a different kind of stress. Uh, So what, what made you decide to start your business? I mean, what, you know, what's your story of the formation of your,
1: your vineyard? Mm, That's a really great question. I, I think if I go way back to the, the beginnings of the formation, it was, I came from a big family And at home, I was very outgoing, high energy, felt very comfortable to be myself. But when I went outside of the home and out in the world, I became incredibly shy, like shut down, wouldn't speak up, wouldn't say much. I would be more of a people watcher and an observer, but I would get really stressed out about saying or doing the wrong thing. And so I would do nothing. And that went throughout my school years as well. And without getting into all of, all of the details and nuances, what I have discovered in retrospect along my journey is I just had a, a belief system, a thoughts about myself and my value in the world. And I just had these notions that, well, people don't want to hear what I have to say, or I'm going to say the wrong thing, or I'm going to do the wrong thing. And, and then it wasn't okay for that. To, like I now am f- so far from who I was then that people I grew up with and went to school with are sometimes like taken aback. You know, when they meet me today and they hear about some of the things I'm, I'm doing because I am, although there, there might be certain situations where I might be a little bit hesitant because it's a new situation, I'm trying to figure out and get the lay of the land, I am not held back and I do not believe that people don't want to hear what I have to say. I have a podcast. I believe people <laughs> hear, you know, do want to hear what I have to say and I get that good feedback, but I had to get over that mindset. That what I had to say wasn't worthwhile, or I had nothing to contribute. And, you know, and I love how you asked that like, what was the formation of your vineyard? So, yes, I did have this mentality and this mindset and these beliefs about myself, but what helped to draw me out of that? was, I would say, just in general, people in my community, teachers, my friends, parents, you know, people who were running the different organizations I were were involved in, when they showed me a kindness and would ask me questions and wanted to hear what I had to say and took an interest in me and my development, it's over time drew me out. And then I, in particular, there's a teacher in high school who really, really truly believed in me. And it wasn't even what she said to me. It was how she interacted with me and just the belief she had in me and my potential that I had to take a step back and see myself through her eyes. You know, why was she taking such an interest in me? Why was, you know, did she have this belief? And for a while I had to just allow her belief of me to override my belief or mm. lack of belief I had in myself, right? You have to almost suspend your own notions and allow yourself to see yourself through other people's eyes so that you can overcome that. And, you know, so I, I would say also, Amy, and like a message I really want to get out there is we undervalue, I think in general, like how powerful a kindness is. That when we are kind, we are changing the world and we are really helping other people. Yeah. Kindness. Yes. Just kind. Isn't that crazy? It's so simple. Be kind. Take an interest in people. You know, reflect back to others that they are valued and respected. Like, this is what helps draw people out you know, and gives them permission to really be themselves.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, there's, um, Tim McGraw sings a song called, um, humble and kind. Mm. And the words of that song always get me because the, if we were kind to each other, if we were fair to each other, if we weren't out for ourselves all the time, can you imagine what that would look like?
1: Oh, (laughs) I hope we see it someday. Right. And, but you know, the, the task at hand is for, you know, for us to do it first, right. To role model that. And for, you know, those listening, like take this on as well. I and mean, I'm sure many, many, many of you have already, you know, the, the impression I get, Amy, is you draw to you people who are kind, who are considerate and care because that's who you are. So I have no doubt that um, the majority of your community and listeners are also people who are practicing this, this but mm-hmm. this is just to underscore that that is the good work. That is what we're mm-hmm. up to. Mm-hmm. And
0: that was such a huge impact into the formation of your vineyard. I mean, it was just a, you know, fast forward into you were working in a corporate environment and said Mm -hmm. enough (laughs) yeah, for lack of a better term. (laughs) And you're able to take that light. And, And it, one of the things that I think hooked me originally on your podcast was the fact that you, you close with pretty much the same poem at the end of each podcast. And it talks about bringing light into the world. Yes. What I would love to know what, what drew, I mean, I, I would know what would draw me to that poem, but what drew you to the poem so much that you felt I'm, I need to incorporate this into everybody's life. Yes. And make them think about that.
1: This was, a um, an excerpt from Marianne Williamson's book, um, a return to love, um, reflections on a course in miracles. And I first heard this quote in 1998, right? <laughs> so, you know, well over 20 years ago. And so I was in my early 20s. And, you know, for those of you, you might be familiar, at least with the opening of the quote, you know, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Right. And so it goes into, you know, like it's, it's your, um, it's your right and your duty to let your light shine. Right. And that gives permission to other people to let their light shine too. Right. That playing small, you know, does not help other people. You know, you don't give people more room and space by playing small. You're actually modeling that, you know, we all don't have a right (laughs) to do that. And, Why that has stuck with me for so long is because when I first heard it, I cried (laughs) Mm. because I was playing small. I was playing so small. I was still, you know, even though the grips of, you know, not being worthy, you know, had started to release, I was still in the process of unraveling it and just saw how much I was holding myself back and playing small and not speaking up. You know, I was a little more adventurous, but not much, you know, I, I, you know, gotten out of my shell a little bit, but not only, you know, only to the point where I felt a little bit, you know, like, Oh, okay. Like this, this still feels safe, you know, that sort of thing. And it just stayed with me. And when I thought about when I was launching my podcast and the mission of women taking the lead was to help, um, women overcome self-doubt because I just (laughs) saw self-doubt being so prevalent among women way more than men, you know, in, in my business, because initially when I launched my coaching business, I was coaching women and men. I mean, I still do, but I was openly marketing and attracting both genders. And I realized like, it just felt like a, like a calling for me to focus, you know, primarily on women. And so I was like, what could be better then closing each episode out with this um, with this quote from the book, talking about like letting your light shine and mm-hmm. and letting that lead you. So that that's the story behind the the outgoing quote on my podcast.
0: I mean, that's a row in and of itself.
1: it's like the center row you know when you first come into a bit like how they have you come out where you see the vineyard and it's like to the right you know to the east and to the west the vineyard is it's that big row right down the middle (laughs) yes it is definitely at my core have you ever spoken to the author I have. She spoke in Portland, Maine. This was prior to her um, uh, campaign because she did run to be the Democratic nominee for president in 2019. And but the year before, she was on tour promoting her book, and she came to Portland, Maine, and I got the book signing. And I was ev- there was even the potential that she was possibly going to be on my podcast. And then her, her, I know. And then her schedule took off, and we. Didn't didn't have a time to do it. And then before you knew it, she announced for the presidency and I was like, she's not going to have time (laughs) 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 to come on my podcast probably for another four years. You know, we'll see. But I, I still have a dream that she will come on my podcast. I'm not giving that up. (laughs) That's, um, I, that's amazing. Number one. And, um,
0: the fact that, I mean, I hope, I hope she does get time into her schedule because, I think her journey is going to be an amazing one to to listen to as well. And I think so many lessons and nuggets, because I can't imagine. I have I have served on. In fact, I have. Right now, I'm serving on an HOA board, which is an elected position, and I've served on a school board before as an elected position as well. And that's about as far as I'm willing to take it. Oh, (laughs) running for president would there's too many skeletons in that closet.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't want, I don't being want to be so thoroughly vetted and assessed and here. Yes. Yes. There's a reason, Amy, you and I did not become rock stars because we just <laughs> didn't want to be in the limelight like that.
0: <laughs> so fast forward just a little bit. Um, I mean, you've mentioned that, there's a couple different avenues that have have been influencing, have influenced you. But when you decided, I'm curious specifically, when you decided to create your own coaching company and you were launching women taking the lead, it was a scary thing, right? I mean this this was something that was uh, it 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 went from steady to oh boy, it's on me now. I mean that's how I felt. Um, what influences did you feel there? How did those roots get nurtured?
1: When I started my business and yeah. my podcast, that is, that's another good question. I think with my business, it was more internal. It was a calling. It was all arrows are pointed mm-hmm. this way. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. this must be done. It's almost like I felt um, the irrepressible... <laughs> urge to do this and then sought out resources to teach me what I needed to know along the way. And with my podcast, I started getting into podcasting because I had a friend launch a podcast and I was really intrigued. And then I was on a radio show and the feedback I got was like, you have a great voice. You should be doing this. Yeah. Yeah, And then finally I had those friends who had started podcasts just blatantly look me in the face and say, why do you not have a podcast yet? And it was one of those things where it's like, I want it. I don't, I want it. I don't, I want it. And as you know, you know, I mean, I kind of had a feeling about the amount of work and the commitment to it, but it is nothing like the reality of it. (laughs) (laughs) The reality was so much more than what I imagined and what I imagined was intimidating, but at the same time, once I was in it, there was this like rush of like, oh my God, I love this. Mm-hmm. And it's so impactful. And it does create such connections, not just with, you know, the audience who's listening, but the guests you get to talk to and the community of podcasting was just amazing. So even though I would say, you know, it, it is a lot of work. To do a podcast, if anyone were to come to me and say, I'm thinking about starting a podcast, I feel it is my responsibility to let them know what they're getting themselves into while encouraging them. I'm like, I don't want you to be surprised on the other side. Here's the commitment. Here's typically the time or money uh, commitment you're signing yourself up for. But... I, you know, uh, for me, it, there is no turning back. This w- has been just an amazing experience. Kind of like starting your business where you start your business and you go, whoa, okay, <laughs> this, this is a lot more here involved than I initially thought looking at it from the outside, right? Peeking through the window at other people's businesses, you know, now I'm immersed in it and it's a lot, but you're also, it's kind of like, you know, I had a friend describe it like this. Like once you're in the tunnel, right there's no going back there's only the light at the you just keep moving towards the light and but you can do it you can put one foot in front of the other and eventually what you find is you've created something that fits you fits your life and fits the people you're trying to serve
0: and and talking about one of the things that you have a mission to do with all of that right is you and you mentioned it early on you said you you really had a calling to work with women that were that had a lot of self doubt mm-hmm And, um, even six, like, again, this month being women's history month, I particularly picked certain people that are very successful yet when you talk to them, there's still this little tidbit that sometimes they're just like, I don't know, should I do that? Should I say that? Would I be successful at that? And I, uh, I find it, you know, I, as you know, Jody, I work with a lot of women attorneys
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I've, until I started working with more and more of them, I always thought every, every attorney, female or male that I met had this really strong sense of, um, personality and knowledge. And they seemed like they just, were super confident. And yet now that I work with more and more and more of them, what I find is that there's the same issue that I had of Mm self-doubt, the same insecurities, the same, um, I better do the research before I speak up where others don't hold back where their voice seems like they will say something and then 5 minutes later somebody else says the same thing and it was recognized the second time. Yes. And it's very fr- like it's very frustrating for for that to happen. So when you decided that you were going to take some of these nutrients that you had, and you're going to start sprinkling them on somebody else's vineyard to help them grow just a little bit. What were some of the things that stood out to you that kind of came back and and fed you? Like where was the infinity sign going
1: with that? Right. Yes. And what's typical in coaching is we're coaching people who are like us, right? I, you know, I typically coach um, what I refer to as type A women, even though that's not a, a you know, established scientific, like um, yeah, personality per se, <laughs> there there are tendencies that all of my clients have that I have as well, like perfectionism, people-pleasing, needing to be in control, driven, that sort of thing. So on the outside You know, you have this person that appears to be incredibly successful and super confident because they're focused on the work and what needs to get done. So, they're confident in what they want to accomplish, per se, but because of their perfectionism, they have this standard that they measure themselves against that is impossible to achieve. Like perfection is impossible. It's the impossible dream. But these women, and I do it to myself sometimes, we still hold it as the standard as if it's realistic. And can you imagine living in the mind and you can, I can, um, but for those of you who don't, you know, relate to being type A, imagine living in the mind of a person who can never meet their own standards, <laughs> right? So I that, can imagine it, right? <laughs> so that's where the self doubt and the lack of confidence comes from. Like my typical client probably has trophies, awards, certificates, acknowledgments, all of these things surrounding them, but in their own seat, in their own body, they're like, God, why couldn't I have gotten that right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you just won the prize. Yay, mm-hmm. you won the you won the contest. Oh, but I could have done that better. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's where they instantly go to like, yeah, it was okay, but, you know, that sort of thing. And unfortunately, we will get to a place where this will hold us back. Like mm-hmm. I, I am feeling called towards this thing, right? For, for me, I was feeling called to do a podcast, but it took me a year and a half to two years before I really put effort into it and launched it because, and I have a client right now who's going through this, I wanted to be good at it yesterday. I didn't want to launch and not sound good, Mm -hmm. like be on top of things. And there was this nervousness, like I would be recording things that I said in a conversation and putting it out there for people to judge. You know, would I, you know, and the amount of editing I did in the (laughs) beginning, in the beginning, trying to take all the ums and ahs and you knows out. And then I finally got to a point where I was just like, you know what? I'm a human being, like, unless it's obnoxious, mm-hmm. you know, because I've had a particularly like stressful conversation, like, let's just leave it in there. But I felt called to help these women. Cause I know what that feels like where you're Giving so much and working so hard and then crashing on the weekends and not having the energy to have a life because you've Mm -hmm. devoted so much time and energy to your work life because you're trying to get it perfect, right? And you're not delegating and sharing the load.
0: Yeah. And I think there is a lot of fear. I mean, I see it, I see it with people that I work with that, um, they, there's a a certain level of, well, I'll start it when I can get it perfect and it'll never be perfect. And as much as I went, as much as I went into initially going independent and all of the due diligence I initially did when I first went independent, it was with a partner and it was within three to four months. I knew that that wasn't going to be successful. And I remember um, thinking, oh my gosh, you know, here I am. I went independent. Now my only option is to go completely independent, no partnership, mm-hmm. which I really didn't want to do because um, I just thought there was a, important to have like a second mind involved in all, you know, other aspects for creativity reasons. But when my hand was forced, And it was in my own mind that it was worse. I could have gone and worked for a company, but in my mind, I was like, no way I can't do that. Like, you know, I, I, I need to really, like, my option is I want to spend the time. I want to spend winters in Florida and summers in New York and no company is ever going to hire me and let me do that. So I never even looked. So in my mind, it was sort of like that for, I was forced to start my own company completely independent Mm and, and, and. All the things that I thought of, you know, like this is going like, to, I kept myself up at night worrying about not one of them came to fruition.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not one of them. That and is some, oh, sorry, I
1: Amy, mean, keep going. No, I was just saying the energy that was wasted. Yes. Yes. Worrying, like we kid ourselves thinking that worrying is like a, A good preparation plan. Right. If I worry enough about this, I'll be ready for whatever comes at me. But the reality is, worry is exhausting. And so you've exhausted yourself before, you know, while Mm -hmm. you're waiting for catastrophe to strike. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it has taken a lot of work, but I I I have noticed um, more and more not getting worked up about things and more having the mindset of, okay, if something happens, I'll. I'll respond to it. Mm-hmm. But until then, and, and you said this before we hit record, you know, to, you know, even when crazy things are happening, you still, to some extent, have to go about business as usual.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So yes, I don't know what the fit, the future is going to bring. And there are certainly things I can do, you know, mm-hmm. now that would help my business, you know, um, build some resiliency against, mm-hmm. um, volatility, but, keeping myself up at night, worrying about it and getting strung out about it is not going to help my business, is mm-hmm. not going to help my clients. In fact, will actually be a detriment to those mm-hmm. things. Right, because you're exhausted. You can't think clearly.
0: Exactly. You, you, know, you don't have that energy to you're when you're on I mean, for me anyways, when when I'm on because I'm dealing with clients or you're on because you're dealing with clients, if you've spent the night tossing and turning, it's really hard to be on. <laughs>
1: Yes. You know, really challenging. Yeah. Yes. And, and especially I, you know, I'm thinking of it from the perspective of my line of work. The best thing I can do for my clients is to bring my A game every Mm -hmm. time we talk. And so my health, my mindset, taking care of myself, those things are important practices to have in my business as important, if not more important than my bookkeeping. Mm. Because the bookkeeping is secondary to my ability to serve my clients. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes I, I think about these things and I'm like, okay, like, all right. Uh, my mindset is important, so I cannot watch scary movies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it comes to things like that. It's not just like, okay, of course I need to eat well and I need to exercise and take care of my physically, myself physically and get a good night's sleep. But I also need to, you know, practice non-judgment, you know, yeah. to practice curiosity and openness curiosity. and mm-hmm. what, you know, and though, you know what will help me build up those skills and also being aware of what, what are the things that will diminish those skills and worry is, is one of those things. You, you are not being very curious if you're being overly worried.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think coming up with techniques and that's what you and I have spent some time doing is coming up with techniques to sort of create an environment that allows you to be Creative and problem solving, mm-hmm. but not worrying. Right. So things are. We as, as a financial planner, I certainly think of like what's worst case scenario. That's part of my job. Yeah. But that's not a worry. That's a how do I solve if this happens? Right. That's a. That's a problem solving.
1: Idea. It's more of a fact based analysis as opposed to an emotional reaction. Hmm. Hmm. And that's the difference, right? You're, you're looking at all the facts and okay, if 50% of my staff suddenly had to call out because they were sick all at once, what Mm -hmm. would we do Mm -hmm. to stay in business? What are the communications, right? That's fact-based, it's Mm task-oriented, as opposed to (laughs) two o'clock in the morning. Sitting, mm-hmm. you know, or laying in bed, staring at the ceiling going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And pan like feeling your heart race and not being able to relax and being like, oh my God, what will we do? That's not productive.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because, um, it, speaking of that kind of activity, we did, um, we are required. The SEC requires us to do business continuity, business continuation planning, mm-hmm. and we do have a policy in place. And in this late, I guess it was late fall, we did a test of that plan. So there was a situation where, like, okay, the power went out in New York. I'm like, all right, well, that's okay because you know we've got carry out in Oklahoma. We've got depending on the time of year, we've got me um, down here in Florida, and then if worst case scenario. Um, you know, we've got some battery backup, we've got a generator, you know, those kinds of things mm-hmm. like, okay, that's one situation. But what if I was to become disabled? The, the primary, you know, majority owner of the company, what if I became disabled? Well, if it was short term and long term, what does that mean? And then worst case scenario, what if I were to die? Like, what if that happened? And as a result of that, interestingly enough, and I, 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 I don't remember who on the team suggested it, but somebody said, do you think you should write a letter that we could mail out to clients if something ever happened to you. Mm. And I thought, oh, okay. Well, do you know how long I procrastinated on that stupid thing?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. doesn't sound like the most enjoyable task. (laughs) It, It
0: brought light to me about, you know, I talk to people all the time about disability and death, you know, it's like part of my job and I'm totally emotionless about it. I mean I'm not saying I want that to happen to them but I'm just fact based totally emotion take right. take that out right. here's what we would do but when it came to me sitting down and actually writing that letter oh my lord it took me months to actually get my head in the right space to be able to actually write that letter and now they we have two we have one that's like a disability and we have one that's a death and or a long-term disability, and if something ever happens to me, and I'll update it from time to time. But if something ever happens to happens to me, the staff knows where that's at, and they can pull it, and they can use it as a communication piece while they walk through the steps that we've put together. And that that right there is one of those things that I think in the environment we're in right now, where people are talking about um, illness, you know, the coronavirus and and different illnesses that are being passed around and things being canceled. I think, well, okay, but I I can't lay at night, lay awake at night worrying that that's something I'm going to be exposed to. I'm going to, I've planned for this. I'm being cautious by making sure I wash my hands. And I, if I go out to eat, I take hand sanitizers or wipes or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But if I lay in bed and worry at night about this, I'm, go- I'm not going to be able to think clearly if one of my clients is exposed to this. So I've got to compartmentalize it and I've got to know that I planned for it. Right. Just like you've planned for it. What's your contingency plan, but that's true of a vineyard too. Right. That's true of life in general. Right. Like we all have these challenges. We all have these things that affect our vineyard in one way or another. And um, maybe we get too much rain one year. Maybe we get too much hard winter the next year, you know, all of those things happen. I guess one of the questions I have for you, cause you help people with this all the time, but also even in your own life, are there, maybe start with the question of, are there any challenges that you currently are facing that, you know, obstacles and, and how have you sort of talked yourself around that?
1: Yes, actually, this is really good timing because I am, getting to a place in my business where I'm like, okay, I need to think seriously uh, about outsourcing work. You know, my business Mm -hmm. is getting to a place where, you know, I can take on more, like it's, you know, stabilizing a little bit. Uh, and I have some big goals I, I want to achieve. Like one of the things I want to do is, you know, travel around the country and maybe some international travel as well and get paid as a speaker. And meet more people and spread the message and and talk to women about how to avoid burnout and overcome self-doubt and, and, you know, all of the good stuff that I like to do to get in the world and spread that message. But that also means, you know, I wouldn't have as much time for many of the other activities uh, that are required of me as the business owner right now, being solo in my business, they're required of me. So I'm like, okay, like taking a step back and, you know, it does go hand in hand with business continuity, right? Okay. If I was taken out, who would cover, you know, Mm -hmm. these tasks are the same thing. This it's, it's a question that, that, um, comes up with a similar answer of like, okay, if I want my time freed up to be able to expand my business and take my business to a whole new level, what tasks would I give away? And what, would this look like? And, you know, the fear that I come across and the challenge, um, for me in this is, okay. And, and, um, you know, for those of you who have businesses, you're going to laugh too. Cause this is the stage where you get like, okay, I'm getting so busy. I have to, but it, how long is this going to last? Can I rely on this? Like, is this the new normal or is this a phase? You know, so that, that is the, the part that makes me a little queasy of, okay, if I, you know, say to somebody, you know, even if it's a part-time employee, you know, like I can give you 20 hours a week and three months from now, like things slow down. Like, oh no, now I have a person, you know, mm-hmm. who's, who's relying on this income, you know, for themselves or their families and that sort of thing. So that's kind of the story and the belief system that goes through my head. And part of it is what I'm doing is kind of like um, what, what you explained and what we've talked about a, about, okay, let's take the emotion out of it. What are the facts? You know, w- what is coming in? What can I reasonably, um, you know, what income can I rely on reasonably? And then also how can I take some of the roller coaster out of my, you know, profits mm-hmm. coming in where like some months are really great and then the next month there's a dip and then the next month it's really great and that sort of thing like how can I get some more stability in my income so I'm also looking at diversifying my income mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so that even in, when times are, you know, when it's slowing down there are other activities I can ramp up that will still bring income in. So that's the fact-based analysis that I do that helps alleviate the fears. And then there's always a part of me, because um, my faith is um, a big part of my makeup and my vineyard is getting to a place of, okay, if I am truly feeling called to go in this direction, then... I'm gonna put all the pieces in place, right? I'm gonna prepare and be ready. And here's the plan and the strategy. I may even ask around, poke holes, you know, in this. Does this look like a good plan? But you never ultimately know for sure, you know, and things need to be tested and experimented with. But there's a part of me, and, you know, it kind of, it's interesting because this comes back to self doubt and confidence and that sort of thing. Because a lot of times I, you know, have people ask me, like, How do you build up confidence so that you can do things and, you know, all of that stuff? And the interesting thing is you don't get confidence before you do the thing, (laughs) which sounds crazy and scary. You actually build confidence as you're doing it. And actually what confidence really is, is just a belief in yourself that you can handle whatever comes at you, right? It's not confident that this plan is definitely going to work because we don't know. It might be a really good plan. Like under 95% of the conditions, this plan will hold up, but there's always a certain percentage. And you hear this story all the time where people will say, but who could have predicted this would happen? Which then took the plan off like and, and knocked it off kilter. But confidence comes from, okay, if the plan gets knocked off kilter, do I believe I can respond and respond well? it am I adaptable can I pivot? So I'm curious, Jody, when it comes
0: to um you know all these things that we've been talking about, worry and um self-doubt, has there been a book or an author or anything that you've that you have found particularly enlightening and that has helped you in times where I mean, as a coach, you're trying to help people not have self-doubt, but sometimes you might have self-doubt so that
1: a reference that you can go to or that you have gone to that's helped you? I'm actually going to recommend a couple of different books. And I was introduced to these books early on in, you know, my evolution of my vineyard of overcoming that sense of um, unworthiness and self doubt and all of that. And the first one is, you know, we were just talking about worry. So this directly impacts worry. Don't sweat the small stuff. (laughs) Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a, a great book for really helping you put things in perspective. And also, you know, we hear a lot about like how gratitude changes our lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we let go of sweating the small stuff and we really start appreciating what we have in our lives, we do build up a resilience Against worrying. Um, and the other book uh, I'm going to recommend is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And this is a book that really helped me reduce my stress level because my mindset. I realized in reading this book was really making me prone to stressing out about things. (laughs) And for those of you who aren't familiar with the book, I think many of you might be, but for those of you not familiar, the four agreements that he goes over in the different stages of of the book are be impeccable with your word, Don't take anything personally. That was a big one for me. I used to get so worried about what other people thought. And, you know, if somebody like, you know, snapped or something, I thought it had to do with me and maybe I did something wrong and, you know, that whole mindset of other people's behavior has to do with something I said or did. Whew, that was life changing. Mm-hmm. Um, don't make assumptions. That's another thing that can throw us into a tizzy and just see things incorrectly, you know, and cause miscommunications and misunderstandings. And lastly, always do your best. And for, you know, for the perfectionists among us, you're going to go, I'm. <laughs> you know, riding myself hard to always do my best. Like I am unforgiving to always do my best. But this is, that is not what this is talking about because what this, what he really gets into and I love this example was if you are sick, your best looks like taking care of yourself. It Mm -hmm. looks like sleeping on the couch, you know, binge watching whatever TV show you're into, you know, eating lots of chicken noodle soup, drinking water, you know, that is the best that you can do in that moment. And that's the best you have to give to yourself. And, you know, like a yoga practice, we know our best looks different day to day. There are some days we are just on, you know, and the stars align and everything is going our way. And there are some days where the best we can do is just try to stay out of our own way, (laughs) you know, and just mitigate disaster and just come back to um, being kind to ourselves, you know, because we're under a lot of duress. And I will typically say that to my friends, my family members, my clients who have a lot going on in their life is to remind them, take care of yourself. You're under a lot of stress that you don't, can't mitigate very easily. You know, there's a lot of things pulling at you right now Be kind to yourself. Take Mm -hmm. care of yourself in this time because that's your best. You're probably not going to forge way ahead on your goals when there are some life changes going on in your family, Mm -hmm. you know, or a family member gets really sick or needs your help or, you know, like the situation we're dealing with right now with the coronavirus. Okay. There are events getting canceled and, Mm -hmm. you know, people are being told not to gather in large groups. So if that was part of your strategy for growing your business, that may have to pivot for a little mm-hmm. while. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you're not wonderful and great and successful, you know, as a business owner and a business person, it means right now your best looks like taking care of yourself, taking care of your people, you know, communicating well with your customers, that is your best right now. And so I love that book for this.
0: I love the the get out of your own way. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's probably for me that's I'm probably I'm really good at encouraging other people. Like, you can do this. You've got this. Like, no problem. How many steps? Like, just, you know, not a problem. But then I'm and I see their, you know, what they're capable of doing. But sometimes looking myself in the mirror and saying, you've got this is yes. I get in my own way. Yeah. And I want to mention one more book. Um, for people that are listening. It's called Accomplished, <laughs> How to Go from Dreaming to Doing, and it's by you. So yes. tell us just a little bit about your book. Um, and it's available on Amazon for people that are interested, but you know, I, I've read your book mm-hmm. and I have little tabs, I have to say, um, with some sections highlighted because they're just little phrases that when I'm having those moments of doubt, I can go back to, um, they're, they're almost like, and I can hear your voice, you know, having talked to you so many times, it's like, I can
1: hear you saying it to me. Yes. Um, so, so talk a little bit about that and, and why you wrote it. Yes. Accomplished how to go from dreaming to doing is actually my coaching system in a book. I was at a place in my business where I recognized that not everyone is ready. Um, for the time commitment, the financial commitment, and the vulnerability of coaching. And so, especially with, you know, my ideal clients of these women who are perfectionists and people pleasers, and they got a lot going on, one of their other tendencies is to go it alone, right? And I didn't want them to be out there suffering without any resources and any, any help. And so, this was a way that, you know, they could, you know, comfortably, slowly move towards you know making the changes in their life. Whether they decide to ultimately work with me or not, they would have access to this information. So it essentially lays out my coaching system, but because I'm not able to have one-on-one conversations with the person who's going through that system, I try to incorporate as many life examples and stories uh, into the books to make the information easier to digest. So it is, especially in the beginning, unraveling those mindsets that get in our way from making the changes, from you know um, being less perfectionistic and being good with good work and you know bringing down the walls that cause us to distrust other people mm-hmm. and their ability to do a good job as well so in the beginning of the book it's it's kind of unraveling those mindsets that make us susceptible to stress and create more stress in our life and just make our lives really hard you know <laughs> it's hard to go it alone it's hard to live with standards that you can never achieve that's Difficult. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. unraveling some of that alleviates a lot of the pressure. And then in the next part of the book, just like I would with a client I was working with privately, we get into okay, if you're not all your stress reactions, because most of us, we've been under this kind of stress for so long, we think it's who we are. We think that (laughs) that's our personality that, you know, and it's not uncommon sometimes for um, somebody who's thinking about hiring me to say, you know, I don't like who I'm becoming. Mm -hmm. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't Mm -hmm. know who this person is because they're so burnt out and they're so overwhelmed with all of the work that they're putting on themselves that they've just become this person who is um, short tempered and snappish and resentful and all of that that's not who we are at our core. That's our stress reaction. That's your, your mind and your body sending up flares saying, get help, (laughs) get help. Like they, like this, this cannot go on much longer. So we get at the core of who somebody really is. That is not their stress reaction. So we'll talk about values and superpowers and personal mission statement and what you want your legacy to be and what brings you joy and enlivens you and all of that stuff. And then with that understanding of who you are at your core and what you want to contribute to the world, we then get into a goal setting system that really, I would say my clients actually helped me create and craft. Mm. I call it creating goals that are worthy of you. Right. Of who you really are, not Mm -hmm. the arbitrary goals where Mm -hmm. we're like, well, I'm expected to do this. And this is what people say success is. We get rid of all of that and we go back to what are your values? What are your superpowers? What do you want to contribute in, in the world with that information, you know, in, in our arsenal now? What goals do you want to set? And there's a whole system to crafting those goals, choosing them, and then creating the plan in which to accomplish them. So, you know, essentially someone can go from feeling like they have to do it all on their own, feeling like they're being over, they're overworked, even if it's themselves that's causing this feeling of being overworked to getting to a place of, okay, I got this and I'm going to do it. And then they do it, which is fantastic. Just an amazing really process hard. to see. Yeah, well, it's really hard. I, I'm just speaking from my own experience.
0: And I don't mean that like, don't do it because it's hard. But but when you're at the point where you like, from my in my situation, I'm like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I had been five years into running my own business. It was all about the business. Brett and I talked about the business all the time. We, you know, that we lived and breathed and eight around the business and, and then it was like, whoa, but that's not everything. (laughs) (laughs) Or I hope it's not everything. I mean, it's very important to me. My clients are very important to me. Mm -hmm. It's critical to me that the business does well, that they, you know, I'm there for them, but to be there for them, as you mentioned earlier, you've also got to be there for yourself. Right. And I had no clue. I, I mean, you know, all my hobbies had kind of Other than, you know, the occasional, let's go to a winery and taste a new wine. Like everything had gotten to the center of the business and I didn't know who I was. I had really. And then when you start asking some of those questions, like, oh, this is awful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you listening, like part of what Amy's describing is it was difficult to answer the questions because you had lost touch. I had with those things and yet on the other side and like,
0: Oh, I'm so glad. I mean, I'm not saying that there isn't additional work to do, but I'm finding myself again. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm, these are things it's a journey. It's a different vineyard that's being formed. It's a different type of grape that's being planted right now. And, and that's one of the things in your book. Like, that's why I said, even though I worked with you, I, I still bought your book because it, at times, I just can go back to something like that and and go to that tab, and and because I've worked with you, I I think. I can relate it even more, you know, I can even pull it together even more. So I would add that book to the, to the list of books people should read as well.
1: Yeah. And you yeah. speak to an important point too, is what, what I say with my clients, because, you know, a lot of the exercise that are, are in the book we're doing personally, but there's added layers to it is it's a system that's designed that when you get to the end, you have a, like a, a, whole bunch of benefits from doing it, but then you can go back to the beginning and peel Mm -hmm. away at another layer. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have, you know, in your toolkit, you know, this system that you can get to the next level and the next level. Cause like you said, like, there's still more work to do. And for me, there's still more work to do. Like, The tendencies towards perfectionism and people pleasing don't just magically go away overnight because you have this insight of, oh, yeah, other people want to help and are eager to help, and this would help them too. But because under stress, we tend to go back to our old operating system and our tendencies. So it's also, you know, putting in place the reminders and the habits to manage myself. You know, so that, yes, I do have a tendency to want to do all the work myself because I can get it done and I can get it done quicker and all of those things. But then there's something I have in place that makes me go, stop. Mm -hmm. You're doing it again. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Take a step back. Who can help you with this? Mm -hmm. And then I do it. So it's not to say I don't have that knee jerk reaction as well, but I've developed a a system that allows me to manage it before it gets out of control
0: and that's quite critical yes because um, i am a, I can do it faster i can do yeah. it you know you know i know where it is it's patience has never been i would call a virtue of mine so yes. i have to yes. <laughs> I have to work on but but it is um i'm getting better at it because i've discovered ways to cope when i'm getting impatient yes so um, one final question that I just want to ask you, and I so appreciate your time. I know this is a very, very busy time. I'll put a plug in for the conference that you're working on. Hopefully, we'll be able to still take place. But before we do that, I would love to know, Jody, what is your definition of success?
1: Success to me is a combination of achieving financial security and doing meaningful work that I love. If I'm experiencing those two conditions, I feel very successful. And before we go, Amy, there was something I was going to share. And I think you can appreciate this, um, being, you know, a type a woman as well, that part of the makeup in, of my vineyard is yes. While I have these tendencies of perfectionism and people pleasing, I also have a great sense of humor and I love to laugh and have fun. And I know you do too. So I was going to say, if my vineyard had a sign, you know, uh, Uh, Right below what it said, the name of the vineyard was, the tagline would read, it's more fun when we're getting things done.
0: (laughs) That might be a new question that I ask.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is a theme in my life. It is more fun when we're getting things done. (laughs) Yeah, I love that.
0: Um, so we can talk about Jody's vineyard. It's more fun when you're getting things done. Yes. (laughs) And for, for, for those that, um, want to talk, I mean, just to take it a step further, I think it's important to share that in the middle of our recording today, we had a blip and for some reason, Jody's side went completely gray and I was not, um, it was, it was like, shh. She was there, but we weren't communicating anymore. And for a moment I was like, ah, and then like breath contact Zencaster, see what they suggest. And problem was resolved Yes. just by taking a breath. So <laughs> you sometimes just, Breathing is a simple success. Get it throughout the course of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jody, I do. I did mention the fact that you are. You also have an event possibly coming up in May for the Maine's Women's Conference. Do you want to give that a little bit of a plug.
1: Oh, we're having a networking event at the beginning of May. It's a um, it's on May seventh at five p.m. It's going to be at Tika. It's a restaurant in Portland, Maine. Um, we're really excited about it. these are big. Um, events in that they always sell out because especially at this event, we announce our keynote and breakout speakers mm. for the conference and announce the sponsors that have come on and the um, and the exhibitors that are going to be in our experience hall. Um, and then our big conference day is in October. That is going to be October 7th, 2020 um, in Portland, Maine. And this will be our third main women's conference oh, congratulations yes it's very exciting it's one of those days where you're just like there's you know leading up to it there's so much work that goes into it but that day you're just like this is why we do this work this mm-hmm. is why it's so exciting and bringing women and there are some men that attend the conference too but bringing the the community together to you know educate inspire, connect, um, the people in our community. I mean, you, you're a part of, um, a conference as well. You know, that experience of just bringing people together to learn from each other and just experience and get to know each other is like, it's hard, it's hard to describe, but you, you know, be there and experience it with yeah. us. Yeah. So if people
0: are interested, where can they go to find out more information about that? That's at the main women's
1: conference.org. And, and Maine its the state of Maine. So it's right. N-A-I-N-E, <laughs> the Maine Women's Conference. Not, not like M-A-I-N. It's got an E on the end. Right. There. Not <laughs> Main Street. It's the state of Maine.
0: <laughs> and Jody, if people are interested about learning more about you, where can they go to find out that information?
1: Yes, my hub is my website. So it's womentakingthelead.com. And that has all the buttons for my social media platforms at the bottom of the homepage. And you can also get more information on my podcast, my book, my coaching system. And, you know, if you want to reach out to me directly, uh, you can email me at Jody, J O D I, at womentakingthelead.com. And I love hearing from people. So please do reach out to me.
0: And your book is available on Amazon. If people are interested in uh, grabbing a copy of that so they can just Google you out on Amazon, the book's name is accomplished. And then the subtitle is how to go from dreaming to doing and Jody again, thank you so much time for taking so, so much for taking time out of your busy day and speaking with us and sharing the formation of your vineyard your favorite wine as well as just empowering more women and listening that there is a common theme and people should never feel alone
1: and to be kind Mm, amy i'm so honored you asked me this has been a pure pleasure and that will about do it for today's episode of wine and dime you can contact amy through the website www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at RootedPG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.